Chapter 18 Things Working Together for Good We know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to His purpose. Romans 8.28 Scripture We know that all things work. Romans 8.28 Look around, above, and beneath, and all things work. They work even in opposition to idleness. The idle man who folds his arms or lies upon the bed of sloth is an exception to God's rule, for except himself all things work. There is not a star, even though it seems to sleep in the deep blue firmament, that does not travel its myriads of miles and work. There is not an ocean or a river that is not always working, either clapping its thousand hands with storms or bearing in its arms the freight of nations. There is not a silent nook within the deepest forest glade where work is not going on. Nothing is idle. The world is a great machine, but it's never standing still. Silently through all the watches of the night and through all the hours of the day, the earth revolves on its axis and works out its predestined course. Silently the forest grows, and before long it is felled, but all the while between its growing and felling it is at work. Everywhere the earth works. Mountains work. Nature in its inmost bowels is at work. And even the center of the great heart of the world is always beating. Sometimes we discover its working in the volcano and the earthquake, but even when most still, all things are always working. They are always working, too, in opposition to the word play. Not only are they ceaselessly active, but they are active for a purpose. We are apt to think that the motion of the world and the different changes of the stars are simply like the turning around of a child's windmill, that they produce nothing. That old preacher Solomon once said as much as that. He said, The sun also ariseth, and the sun goeth down, and hasteth to his place where he arose. The wind goeth toward the south, and turneth about unto the north. It whirleth about continually, and the wind returneth again according to his circuits. Ecclesiastes 1, 5-6. However, Solomon did not add that things are not always what they seem. The world is not at play. It has a purpose in its wildest movement. Avalanche, hurricane, and earthquake are simply order in an unusual form. Destruction and death are simply progress in veiled attire. Everything that is and is done works out some great end and purpose. The great machine of this world is not only in motion, but there is something weaving in it that as yet mortal eye has not fully seen, which our text hints at when it says that it is working out for God's people. We know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to His purpose. Romans 8.28 Once again, all things work in opposition to the Lord's day, the Sabbath. We morally speak of work, especially on this day, as being the opposite of sacred rest and worship. Now, at the present moment, all things work. Since the day Adam fell, all things have had to toil and labor. Before Adam's fall, the world kept a continuous holiday, 
But now the world has come to its work days, and now it has to toil. When Adam was in the garden, the world had its Sabbath, and it will not have another Sabbath until the millennium will dawn. Then, when all things have ceased to work, and the kingdoms will be given up to God the Father, the world will have its Sabbath and will rest. At present, though, all things do work. Let us not wonder if we also have to work. If we have to toil, let us remember that this is the world's week of toil. The six thousand years of continual labor, toil, and travail have not just happened to us alone, but to the whole of God's great universe. The whole world is groaning and travailing. Romans 8.22. Let us not be neglectful in doing our work. If all things are working, let us work too. Work while it is day, for the night cometh when no man can work. John 9.4. Let the idle and slothful remember that they are a great anomaly. They are blots in the great writing of God. They mean nothing. In all the book of letters with which God has written out the great word work, they are nothing at all. But let the one who works, though it be with the sweat of his brow and with aching hands, remember that if he is seeking to bless the Lord's people, God is in sympathy with all things, not only in sympathy with their work, but in sympathy with their aim. All things work together that is in opposition to their apparent confliction. Looking upon the world with a mere eye of sense and reason, we say, yes, all things work, but they work contrary to one another. There are opposite currents. The wind blows to the north and to the south. The world's boat, it is true, is always tossed with waves, but these waves toss her first to the right and then to the left. They don't steadily bear her onward to her desired haven. It is true that the world is always active, but it is with the activity of the battlefield, wherein army encounters army, and the weaker are overcome. Be not deceived. It is not so. Things are not what they seem. All things work together. There is no opposition in God's providence. The raven wing of war is co-worker with a dove of peace. The tempest does not strive with a peaceful calm. Although they seem to be in opposition, they are linked together and work together. Look at our history. How many events have seemed to be conflicting in their day that have worked out good for us? The strifes of barons and kings for mastery might have been thought to be likely to tread out the last spark of liberty, but instead they kindled the fire. The various rebellions of nations, the upheavals of society, the strife of anarchy, the tumults of war, all, all these things, overruled by God, have only made the chariot of the church progress more mightily. They have not failed of their predestinated purpose. They resulted in good for the people of God. I know it's very hard to believe this. What? you say? I have been sick for many days, and my wife and children are dependent on my daily labor and are crying for food. Will this work together for my good? So says the word, and before long you will see that it will be proven true. I have been in business, says another, and this commercial pressure has brought me very low and has distressed me. Is this for my good? 
You are a Christian. I know you don't seriously ask the question, for you know the answer. He who said, All things work together, will soon prove to you that there is a harmony in the most discordant parts of your life. When your biography is written, you will find that the dark page harmonized with the bright one, that the dark and cloudy day was but a glorious background to set forth the brighter noontide of your joy. All things work together. There is never a clash in the world. People think so, but it never is so. The charioteers of the Roman circus could, with much cleverness and art, and with glowing wheels, avoid each other. But God, with skill infinitely masterly, guides the fiery warhorses of man's passion, yokes the storm, bits the tempest, and, keeping each clear of the other, still brings forth good from seeming evil, and brings it out better still, and better still, in infinite progression. We must also understand the word together in another sense. All things work together for good. That is to say, none of them work separately. I remember an old minister using a very succinct and simple metaphor. All things work together for good. However, any one of those all things might destroy us if taken alone. The physician prescribes medicine. You go to the pharmacist and he puts it together. There is something taken from this drawer, something from that file, something from that shelf. It's very possible that any one of those ingredients might be a deadly poison that could kill you outright if you would take it separately. But he puts one into the mortar, and then another, and then another. And when he has worked them all up with his pestle and has made a compound, he gives them all to you as a whole. Together they work for your good. But any one of the ingredients might have operated fatally or in a manner detrimental to your health if taken separately. Learn then that it is wrong to ask about any particular act of providence if it is for your good. Remember that it is not the one thing alone that is for your good, but it is the one thing put with another thing, and that with a third, and that with a fourth, and all these mixed together that works for your good. Your being sick very probably might not be for your good if worked alone. But God has something to follow your sickness, some blessed deliverance to follow your poverty, and He knows that when He has mixed the different experiences of your life together, they will produce good for your soul and eternal good for your spirit. We know very well that there are many things that happen to us in our lives that would be the ruin of us if we were always to continue in the same condition. Too much joy would overwhelm us and too much misery would drive us to despair. But the joy and the misery, the battle and the victory, the storm and the calm, all compounded, make that sacred remedy whereby God makes all His people perfect through suffering. Hebrews 2.10 And leads them to ultimate happiness. All things work together for good. There are different senses to the word good. There is the sense of the person of the world who will show us any good. By this he means short term good, the good of the moment. Who will put honey into my mouth? Who will feed my belly with hidden treasures? Who will garnish my back with purple and fill my table with plenty? That is what they see as good. 
the vat bursting with wine, and the barn full of corn. God has never promised His people that all things will work together for such good as that. Very likely, all things will work together in a way quite contrary to that. Christian, don't expect that all things will work together to make you rich. It is just possible that they may all work to make you poor. It may be that all the different providences that will happen to you will come wave upon wave, washing your fortune upon the rocks until it is wrecked, and then waves will break over you until in that poor boat, the humble remnant of your fortune, you will be out on the wide sea with no one to help you except the omnipotent God. Don't expect then that all these things will work together as for your worldly good. The Christian understands the word good in another sense. By good, he understands it to refer to spiritual good. Ah, he says, I don't call gold good, but I call faith good. I don't think it is always for my good to increase in treasure, but I know it's good to grow in grace. I don't know that it is for my good that I should be respectable and walk in good society, but I know that it is for my good that I should walk humbly with my God. I don't know that it is for my good that my children should always be around me like olive branches around my table, but I know that it is for my good that I should flourish in the courts of my God and that I should be the means of winning souls from going down into the pit. I am not certain that it is altogether for my good to have kind and generous friends with whom I can hold fellowship. But I know that it is for my good that I should hold fellowship with Christ and have communion with Him, even though it would be in His sufferings. I know it is good for me that my faith, my love, and my every grace should grow and increase, and that I should be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ, my blessed Lord and Master. To the Christian, however, the highest good he can receive on earth is to grow in grace. There, he says, I would rather be bankrupt in business than to be bankrupt in grace. It is better to have my fortune decrease than that I should backslide. Let your waves and your billows roll over me. It is better for me to have an ocean of trouble than a drop of sin. I would rather have your rod a thousand times upon my shoulders, O my God, than I would once put out my hand to touch that which is forbidden, or allow my foot to run in the way of those who oppose you. The highest good a Christian has here is spiritual good. All things work together for a Christian's lasting good. They all work to bring him to the Saviour's feet. Scripture, So he bringeth them to their desired haven, said the psalmist, Psalm 107.30, by storm and tempest, flood and hurricane. All the troubles of a Christian only wash him nearer heaven. The rough winds simply hurry his passage across the straits of this life to the port of eternal peace. All things work together for the Christian's eternal and spiritual good. Yet, sometimes, all things also work together for the Christian's earthly good. You know the story of old Jacob. Scripture Joseph is not, Simeon is not, and now ye will take Benjamin away. All these things are against me, said the old patriarch. Genesis 42 36. However, if he could have read God's secrets, he might have found that Simeon was not lost, 
for he was retained as a hostage. He would have found that Joseph was not lost, but had only gone before to smooth the passage of his gray hairs into the grave. He would have learned that even Benjamin was to be taken away by Joseph in love to his brother. What seemed to be against Jacob, even in earthly matters, was for him. You may have heard also the story of that eminent martyr who was known to often say, All things work together for good. When he was seized by the officers of Queen Mary to be taken to the stake to be burned, he was treated so roughly on the road that he broke his leg. His oppressors mockingly said, All things work together for good, do they? How will your broken leg work for your good? I don't know how it will, he said, but I know it will work for my good, and you will see it so. Strange to say, it proved true that it was for his good, for, being delayed a day or so on the road through his lameness, he arrived in London just in time to hear that Elizabeth was proclaimed queen, and so he escaped the stake by his broken leg. He turned around to the men who thought that they were carrying him to his death, and he said to them, Now will you believe that all things work together for good? Although the general message of the text was about spiritual good, indeed, sometimes in the main current there may be carried some rich and rare earthly benefits for God's children in addition to the richer spiritual blessings.